Thank you for listening to this message from the pulpit of New Grace Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. We hope the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you and your family. Use your Bible to Matthew uh, chapter 14. We're beginning a new series this morning um, called Finish Strong. Uh, Finish Strong. And there's a reason... Uh, we're, we're dealing with this. We're going to start looking at this series. It's going to take us through our anniversary, and I'm going to get to that. But we've all experienced things that we begin uh, with enthusiasm. We have a plan. We have a goal. We want to do this thing. We want to accomplish this thing. But after a while, uh, we kind of falter, and we, we never finish what we started. How many of you all have that problem where you start something really strong, and then you never finish what you started? Yeah, we, we all have things like that uh, in our life. I did some research this, this week and found out the top things that people will start but have a hard time finishing. Number one is diets. We all start diets. April starts a new diet every month. She'll, she'll come to me and say, honey, I'm going to start this new diet. Will you do it with me? Sure will, honey. I'm going to pack your lunch. I'm going to make your breakfast. I'm going to have all this stuff last two days. And then I'm like, where's my breakfast? Stop at McDonald's. Okay, well, there goes that diet. Uh, so diets, uh, exercise plans. Now we start an exercise program. We're going to keep going. And usually uh, the next day you're so sore, you're like, this is stupid. You know, the Bible says bodily exercise profits little. So I'm just going to obey the Bible. You know, I'm going to, you know, running a marathon. A lot of people start to run a marathon but never finish it. You know why? Because the Bible says the wicked man runs when no man pursues. So you joggers, uh, you're wicked. Uh, if, nobody's, if nobody's chasing you, you want to be righteous, have somebody chase you. And then you're, you're living up to Scripture. Um, reading a book. A lot of people start reading books. How many of y'all have ever started to read a book and never finished it? Uh, yeah, I, I've, and I recently, uh, I, was an, I was an avid reader uh, when I was uh, a kid. Um, my mom got me into it. She would stop by uh, and pick up. She would go to Sam's Club. When Sam's Club was big and they have those, but she just grabbed a book that thought I would like it and I would read it and I just, I fell in love with reading. And, uh, it got so, so I, I would read. And again, remember, this is the, the, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, we had no internet, or if we did, it was, you know, super slow. When if someone picked up the phone, you lost your internet, you know, it's, um, we had no cable because we didn't have cable in my neighborhood. I wasn't like April. I didn't have a satellite. Dish, you know, I wasn't a spoiled little rich kid like her with a swimming pool and a satellite. Uh, so we had, you know, we had four channels, uh, five on a good day, and if the the president was on, you had nothing. And so I, we did a lot of reading, did a lot of playing outside, and uh, I was I would read anything I could get my hands on. I remember I was talking to my sister a couple of weeks ago. She was a big reader too, and uh, she she read all the Babysitters Club books. How many of y'all read? And the, now I haven't, but the older ones. You know, Stacy had diabetes, and one day she ate too much candy. And had, so anyway, she read all the Babysitters Club books. And I was such an avid reader that when I ran out of something, I read the Babysitters Club books too. And uh, so I've read all the Babysitters Clubs. And uh, over over the years, you know, going through college, I really uh, I kept reading, but I, instead of reading for pleasure, I was reading for you know knowledge, training. I'd read leadership books, I'd read spiritual books, and so I made a commitment. I'm going to read. I'm going to try to read at least a chapter a day. And uh, then a couple weeks ago, we started something new. We went to the library to get the kids some books, and I picked up a book uh, that I thought that would be good, a fiction book. And uh, man, I, I have read in the last three weeks. I have read seven books. Uh, I read one of them in two days. Stayed up to like three in the morning reading that book. 
And uh, I just, I, I love, if, I, if I start a good book, man, I'm going to finish that thing in no time. Uh, but there are plenty of books I've started that I'm like, this is not good, and I uh, never end up finishing them. But, you know, a lot of people, they try to start reading a book, they don't, they don't do it well. Uh, writing a book, people write, try to write books and never come to, never end up finishing it. In the area of our, our faith, in the area of our walk with God, we, we tend to have the same problem. We start something for God. We get on fire to do something for the Lord, and then we end up failing at it. or never. Fa- maybe, you, maybe you've decided, I'm going to read my Bible through in a year. And you start reading Genesis, and man, I love Genesis. There are some, some great and crazy stories in Genesis. Exodus is pretty good. Then you hit Leviticus. And then Numbers. And by Numbers 14, you're like, you know what, I'll just, that's no big deal. Uh, I'll I'll finish it later. And you you start reading the Bible, and you never finish. Maybe you decided to, uh, committed to God to give up a a sinful habit, and you just, you can't can't seem to do it. You started strong, but eventually you, you started, stopped doing what God had laid on your heart. Maybe you decided to give faithfully to the church, and economy took a turn. Something came up, an unexpected bill came up, and you stopped doing what God had laid in your heart. Maybe you were felt led of the Lord to start serving in the church in some area. And you were, you were like, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this. It's going to be great. But eventually, you kind of cooled down, kind of lost your desire to do things. And so you, you started strong, but you didn't finish what you started. Matthew 21, Jesus told a parable about two brothers. He said, a father had two sons. He told the oldest one, go to the field and work. And the son said, no. So he went to the younger son, said, go to the field and work. And the younger son said, sure, father, I will obey you. But he didn't go work in the field. Now, the older brother, after telling his dad no, felt bad about it and went and worked in the field all day. And Jesus says, which one is the father more pleased with? And, of course, the answer was the one who he may have said no at the beginning, but he eventually went and did what his father had asked of him to do. So even though he he didn't start good, he finished strong. And it's not just about making the decision for God that counts. It's about seeing that decision through. Now, like I said, there's a couple reasons I'm I'm preaching this series now. Uh, One of the main reasons is we're coming up on our five-year anniversary. Five years ago, New Horizon Baptist Church and Grace Baptist Church stepped out in faith and began New Grace Baptist Church. And man, at that time, uh, we were filled with excitement. We had great plans and, and things that God was going to do in and through us. And over the years, man, we have seen God do some great things. We've seen people get saved. We've seen people baptized. We've seen new ministries started. We've seen a great community outreach begin and kind of thrive. Uh, we've seen some, some wonderful things happen. But then something happened that no one could really anticipate. 2020. Man, that was a year. I remember when we started, you know, January 2020, I preached the whole series, 2020 Vision. Looking forward to what we're going to do for God that year. And we, I set forth a bunch of plans. And, man, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And then, then March came. 
And uh, it's like, hey, we're going to stay home and watch church on the Internet. And, uh, man, the whole year just kind of just kind of ruined, and not just our plans, but really everybody's plans. And we started strong with the pandemic. I remember, you know, thinking when it all came out and, you know, we were having to close down, we were having to kind of go, you know, uh, virtual. I thought, man, you know what, God's going to use this for something great. This pandemic's going to start a revival, and it's going to be wonderful. We're going to be part of that. I'm so excited about that. But then eventually, uh, you know, the, the, the restrictions started to lift. And we began to worship in person again. But I'm, pers- I'm speaking for myself here. And I always figure if it's something I'm dealing with, if it's something I'm struggling with, maybe you are as well, our faith had taken a hit. When 2020 closed and 2021 came along, we still had some issues. We still had to shut down once or twice. We still had some problems. But I went from looking forward in faith to what God was going to do through our church, kind of holding on to what we had because it all seemed to be slipping away. I lost faith that God was going to do something and barely clung to, God, just just let us stay afloat. Just don't let us lose what what we've got. Uh, People who were faithful at the beginning of 2020 still have not come back to church. Now they use whatever excuse they want to, that's why I love, you know, virtual church was great at the beginning, but it kind of became a crutch. And people stopped coming and started. And look, it's a good thing. We are, we are live streaming right now. There are people who cannot make it to church for physical reasons. They're, they're literally uh, homebound and they cannot get out and that's fine. There's some of them who watch on traveling. That's great. But y'all who can get here and aren't here, I'm talking about you. And if the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart, that's not me, that's Him. Uh, what's He telling you to do? Get to church! Alright, anyway. Uh, we started faithful, they, they stopped coming um, and haven't been back to church. Uh, our offerings took a hit. People who were giving stopped giving. And again, the economy turned. People lost jobs. Price of, of eggs and gas and just everything has skyrocketed. I mean, we're looking at the price of meat, and I'm like, are we eating a famous chicken here? What movie did this chicken star in that he cost this much to eat? Uh, but everything's just really, really expensive. Our outreach kind of became sluggish and seemed ineffective. We didn't have the faith to finish what God gave us the faith to start two years, uh, five years ago. We need, to, we need to fix that. We need to find that faith again. So along with this series, I'm going to ask you to do some things. Omega, you've got some cards. You, huh? This is what I'm calling on you. Stand, give half to Jasmine. They're going to pass out these cards to everybody very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. <laughs> all right, they're passing out an all-in card. Uh, I want you to take it. I want you to pray over it. I want you to make a decision about what you're going to go all in for God with. And then I want you to give it back to us. Put it in the offering plate. Do not put your name on it. This is between you and God. But you can, maybe some of you need to decide to go all in uh, on worship service. You need to be say, I'm going to go all in, and unless, unless I'm out of town, unless I'm physically unable to come, I'm going to be at every church service there is. 
Sunday morning and Sunday night. This is where we love God. Uh, maybe some of you need to get, I'm going to go all in with my life group. That's our Sunday school classes. I've not been coming to Sunday school. I'm going to start coming. I'm going to be faithful to get in a class. Maybe I'm going to be faithful to teach a class and get faith. Growth groups are midweek growth groups. I'm going to be faithful to get a part of these and really love other people as I'm being part of these growth groups. Maybe giving. Some of you, you need to continue giving or say, I'm going to step up my giving. Or maybe for the first time ever, I'm going to step out on faith and give to the ministry of God. Maybe we need to go all in on serving. I'm going to step out on faith and serve God. I'm going, to, I'm going to teach a class. I'm going to help in the nursery. I'm going to do something to help the ministry of New Grace Baptist Church. So I'm, going to, I'm going to be hitting this pretty much every week. So if you lose yours this week, guess what? You're getting another one next week. And, uh, but go all in and say, well, this is what I'm going to go all in doing. And so we need to, to stop kind of just having enough faith to start something. We need to... Go deeper and have enough faith to do what God has called us to do and to see it through. In Matthew 14, we have a famous story about a man who started strong in his faith, but then he started to falter. Peter. Now, I love Peter. Peter is, is, is kind of every guy's man. We can all relate to Peter. Uh, he says stupid things at stupid times. I can relate to that. Uh, he says inappropriate things at inappropriate times. I can definitely relate to that. And he's, he's big on his promises, but he's kind of short on execution. And the night before Jesus' crucifixion, he tells Jesus, everyone's going to deny you, everyone's going to leave you, I'm never going to deny you. Three times he denied Jesus before the, the morning struck. In Acts chapter 2, he is the first apostle to declare boldly, God has included the Gentiles in the gospel. A couple of chapters later, he refuses to eat with Gentiles because he's afraid about what the Jewish people are going to think about him. In the story today, he begins with enough faith to walk on water. And look, I've never had that amount of faith. I can walk on water if it's frozen solid. Other than that, I have no faith that I can step out in a pool and walk across the water at all. So he had great faith, but he didn't have enough to keep him going and begins to sink. Peter has the faith to make big promises, but his fear keeps him from following through. And that's something we can all relate to. So look in Matthew chapter 14, we're going to start reading in verse number 22. <coughs> The Bible says, in straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, this story, it happens right after the feeding of the 5,000. So Jesus has this incredible miracle. He takes a few loaves of bread, a few pieces of fish. He feeds 5,000. The Bible says men plus their families. So we're talking maybe 15,000, 20,000 people. He feeds with just a few, with a couple, you know, fish fillet sandwiches. And there's so much left over that there's 12 baskets full of leftovers because he performs this great miracle. And right after that, he tells his apostles, hey, y'all go get in a ship and, 
and go to the other side. I'll take care of the cleanup of the 5,000 plus people who just ate. Uh, but so they get in the ship, great followers, you know, great helpers there. Oh, you're going to take care of it, Jesus? Peace. But they get in the ship, they go across, and after Jesus sends everybody away, he goes to the mountain, he prays. And the Bible says that during this time, the apostles, Jesus is on a mountain praying. They are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and there's an incredible storm, and they are fighting for their lives. These are experienced fishermen. These are experienced you know, people. They're used to the ocean. They're used to seas. They're used to these storms. But this storm is so strong, so long, they are afraid they're going to die. Now, here's something that a lot of us miss. Jesus knew the storm was coming. He sent them into a storm by themselves. You ever heard it said the, the safest place for the child of God is right in the center of his will? That's true. The safest place for you to be is in the center of the will of God. But that doesn't mean everywhere God sends you is safe. You, he may send you into a storm. This, the, the, the disciples, they obeyed the command of God. They followed Jesus, and they ended up in a storm because of it. Storms don't mean you are out of the will of God. Sometimes storms are part of God's will for you. So when you, when you step out in faith, just know, storms may come. Maybe the enemy is going to attack you because... The enemy, Satan, does not want you to finish what God has laid on your heart to do. So God lays on your heart to start a ministry, and you step out on faith, I'm going to start this ministry. The enemy is going to fight you because he wants you to give up. Maybe God is, is trying to teach you something in the storm as you follow him in faith. Faith will lead you through difficult times. It doesn't lead you around them. Go straight through them. Look at verse 25 of chapter 4. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Now, this is about 4 a.m. They have been battling this storm now for six hours. They're exhausted. They're wet. You ever been in a storm in the middle of the ocean? You get wet. They're soaking wet. They're scared. They're tired. They're, they're probably ready to give up. And Jesus comes out on the sea. But here's what we notice. They'd been in that storm for six hours. Jesus didn't leave six hours ago to help them. He waited before He came to them. Jesus didn't come to help right away. He let them fight the storm before He showed up to do something. Look at verse number 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now that's a big command. You're in the ocean, you're in a storm, you're battling for your life, you think you're going to die. Then all of a sudden you see a dude walking on the water and you don't know who it is. And they're, they're rightfully scared. i got no problem with the disciples being scared. I'd have been right there with them. They're like, we're going to die, and now there's a monster out here. Great. Could it get any worse? 
And so that's a, that's a big command that Jesus gives them. Not only did Jesus wait to come to them, but the Bible tells us in Mark, He didn't come straight to them. The Mark's story of this, this event says that Jesus was just going to walk right past them. He wasn't even going to go help them. He was like, hey guys, how you doing? Have a good day, whatever, bye. I'm going to the shore, good luck. So he waited to come to them. He didn't immediately go to help them, uh, but they, they call out to him. And when they call out to him, out of faith. They're not calling out of faith. They're calling to God out of fear. And when they cry out to God out of fear, God answers them. God shows up. God, no matter what you're facing, God wants to help you. But first thing God wants you to do, first thing God needs you to do, is recognize your need for Him. You don't, you, he needed them to understand they could not fight this storm on their own. They needed Him to help them. So they cry out, and God, God helps them. Now, they didn't cry out in faith, they cried out in fear. But Jesus answered them. God is a compassionate Father that answers His children whenever they cry out. Psalms 50, verse 15 says, Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Now look at verse number 28. Again, they're walking on the sea. He's walking on the sea. They're scared. He calls out to them. He goes, Don't be afraid. It's I. Then verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if thou be, if it be thou, again, this is it. He's not like, it's you, Jesus. He says, if it's really you, which I don't understand this. He's like, if it's you, call me out into the sea and I'll walk on the water. If this wasn't Jesus and it was some, some devil, if it was Satan, don't you think Satan would get a kick out of seeing Peter just go right in the water? But anyway, Peter's like, if it's you, Bid me to come out onto the, come to the end of the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So the disciples are, are in a terrible storm. They are afraid they're going to die. They see Jesus. And Jesus doesn't immediately stop the storm. And also, Peter didn't say, hey, stop the storm. But he doesn't immediately solve the problem. He gives Peter, Peter says, if it's you, call me out. And he gives Peter a command. Come. Come to me. Look, our natural response when facing a storm is to ask God to stop the storm. Our first response should be to ask God, what do you want me to do in the storm? What is your command for me while I'm facing this storm. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking him to stop the storm. In another storm in the Bible, the disciples wake Jesus up and say, Hey, we're going to die. Can you do something? And he does. Now, he's irritated with them, but he still does it. He still answers them. But the first thing we should ask him is what he wants us to do in the storm. Stop demanding from God and start listening to God. So Peter, he steps out on the water. No one else has ever done this. He's walking on water. Look at verse 30. But when Peter, but when he saw the wind, Peter here, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. Look, there are some times where you need lengthy, eloquent, elegant prayers. When you're sinking in the ocean, it ain't one of them. 
Peter's not, Oh, gracious Creator, Heavenly Father, I beseech Thee by the name of Moses and Abraham. No, he goes, Hey, help me! Save me! So he cries out real quick. Verse 31, And immediately Jesus stretched forth His hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Why is this story in the Bible? We need to ask, no matter what we're reading in Scripture, we need to ask, why is this here? What is it trying to teach us? It is not teaching you that if you have enough faith, you can walk on water. Do not try that. In the book of Acts, Paul is shipwrecked. Don't you think if Paul, Paul has some great faith, don't you think if, Paul, if the Bible is teaching us you can walk on water with enough faith, Paul would have just walked on water? No. He swam in the ocean for a while. Why? That's not what God is trying to teach us. He is showing us that we have to continue within faith what we start in faith. And that's one of the biggest problems with believers today. We start something for God, but we never finish. So here's some of the lessons, two lessons God's giving us. Number one, starting faith isn't enough. Jesus asked him an important question when he saves him. You had, you had so little faith, why did you doubt? Now, he wasn't talking about the intensity of Paul's faith. Paul was the only one who had the faith to say, Jesus, if it's really you, let me walk on water. None of the other apostles did that. They're clinging to the boat. They're still there going, Peter, you're an idiot. But Peter said, God, I believe that you can allow me to do He had incredible faith, but his faith didn't last. He wasn't talking about his intensity. He was talking about his duration. He was talking about the duration of it. When, we, when he started out in faith, his faith was strong. It just didn't last. It didn't last long enough to accomplish what God wanted to. Starting faith isn't enough. We need sustaining faith. Which brings us to point two. There's only two points. I told you I'm going to be fast. Step two. Point two. Finishing faith is found where we find starting faith. When God gives you faith to start something, it's the same faith that He gives you to finish what He gave you to start. So where did, where did Peter's faith to get on the water came from. First of all, it came from a vision of Jesus. Look at verse 27 again. It says, uh, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. That, that phrase, it is I, in the Greek is the same word, same phrase when Jesus says, I am the vine. I, and it's, it's a Hebrew word where God, when Moses asked God, when I go to Egypt and say, Who's let me, who, who told me to lead you out? What am I going to say? Tell them the I am have sent me. Jesus is on the water and he says, Hey, don't be afraid. It's God. God is here with you in the storm. Peter saw the great I Am standing on top of everything that terrified him, and it gave him the faith to step out and trust God. He saw Jesus in all His glory. He saw Jesus as greater than all the problems he faced. He got his faith with the vision of Jesus. Second place he got his faith was from the command of Jesus. He figured it was more important to obey Jesus than to focus on his circumstances. There's a lot he could do on that boat. 
I'm sure they were bailing water. I'm sure they were trying to get the sails down or up or whatever you do in the middle of a storm. I don't know. I've never sailed. There was a lot he could do. But he goes, God, there's a lot I can do to try to help this boat survive the storm. But the most important thing for me to do is to obey you. His command was greater than Peter's circumstances. The great I am was on top of those waves. And his command was greater than the waves that Peter was facing. So he focused not on what he had to walk through, but he started out focusing on who he was walking to. See, Peter, he's not walking on water. He's walking on the promises of God. He's not standing on the waves. He's standing on the character of Jesus. And when he takes his eyes off of those, he starts to sink. Look at verse 30 again. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. When he was focused on the word, he was fine. When he focused on his troubles, he lost faith. Focus on the Word, and you can walk on water. Focus on the waves, and you're going to sink in your weaknesses. See, the point of this story is not to show us the greatness or the weakness of Peter's faith. It's to show us the grace of God in this story. You know, in Mark's Gospel, this story in Mark's Gospel does not mention Peter walking on water. It only focuses on Jesus coming on the water to help them. Why is that? Well, Mark was Peter's traveling companion. A lot of Bible scholars believe that Peter had a big influence on what was written in the book of Mark. So, obviously, Peter didn't let Mark write, didn't let Mark write about it because he was embarrassed. No. I think Peter or Paul or Peter or Mark left it out because they didn't want to focus on Peter and either his great faith or his lack of faith. They wanted to focus on Jesus and his faithfulness. Because the story is about Jesus' faithfulness. The story is about the fact that Jesus is always close to us, even in a storm. When our faith wavers and fails, He is there. He is with us no matter what. Even... If we call out in fear, Psalms 94.18, When I said, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, held me up. God is always there to catch us. God is always there to lift us out of the wave. When When your faith favors, put your eye on Him. See, the story isn't an example for us to follow. It's a Savior for us to trust. And how much more... Should we trust Jesus this side of the cross than Peter did before the cross? Jesus not only came into the storm of sin in our life, He took into Himself the storm of God's wrath as He died on the cross in our place. He not only walked on the waves of sin, He soared over sin and death as He rose from the grave, redeeming us to God the Father. He not only lifted us out of the sea, He reached down to hell to rescue us from death and sin and the grave. If He did that for me, if He did that for you, I know He's going to help me when I stumble. 
I know he's going to be there when I face the storms of life. If he saved me as his enemy, I know he's going to help me now as his son. See, starting faith isn't enough. We need finishing faith. You may have stepped out in faith, making a decision to do something for God, but then you faced some troubles, then you saw the storms of life, and you started to lose your faith. Put your eyes back on where they were when you started that journey of faith. Look to Jesus. The the Bible says the author and finisher of our faith. The starter and sustainer of our faith. You started out thinking Jesus was enough. You started out thinking Jesus was faithful. You started out thinking that Jesus was trustworthy. He still is. He is always with you, helping you, answering when you call, no matter what you're facing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for listening to this message from New Grace Baptist Church. For more information about New Grace, check out our website at www.reachingroanoke.com.